Gospel of John, chapter number 3, verse number 16. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That time of the year when we reflect and look back on all that God has done for us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Hallelujah. It's a verse that we uh, should be on our hearts. I'm going to take these glasses off. Uh, that should be on our hearts all year long, and especially this time of year, to always reflect and remember the, the reason the for the season, like they say. Hallelujah. Christmas time is a time of love, peace, hope, a time of looking to God, a time of deepening or, or renewing our fellowship with God. Amen? Praise the Lord. John chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, For God so loved the world, hallelujah, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And we want to look this morning, for God so loved the world. God loves you. God loves me. He loves us, right? Amen. We can never forget the the meaning that God loves us, that God loves you. Too many Christians today, in talking to them and in hearing others talk to them, they wonder, does God really love me? There's a, there's a question mark over, does God really love me? They say they're believers, but the question mark is, does God really love me? And we have to come to the point of really understanding God does love me. He really does love me. And what does that mean? That means that your life will be changed and transformed when you understand in your heart and in your mind, God does love me. And we'll be looking at Isaiah 9 in the, in the, the next two sessions that we meet. Praise the Lord. But we want to look at love. God is love. For God so loved the world, it doesn't mean that God loved the trees and the bees and the, and the earth and the, and the water and the sky. He does, because He created all that. But it doesn't mean the world, objects of trees and things. It means that you and me. It means all of God's creation, especially you and I, that God is love. If you go in your Bible to so 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. The Bible makes clear that God is love. Hallelujah. You know, love, God's love, agape love, or agape love, however you want to say it, God's love is a love that loves you, loves us unconditionally, and His love is concerned about your well-being in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. Hallelujah. God loves you unconditionally and completely. Hallelujah. God doesn't love you for what He can get out of you. God loves you because He knit us together in the womb. The Bible says He knew us before we were even conceived in the womb. And so God loves us because we are God's creation. God made you the way you are. Do you understand? God made you the way you are. God didn't create you and say, oh, what did you turn out to be? Oh, look at you. Ah, oh, I'm disappointed. 
God loves you the way you are because you are the way God made you to be. With your personality, yeah, with your rough edges, God made you that way. God made each and every one of us different, but he made us different for a reason and for a purpose that is in his heart and in his mind. And God wants us to know that he loves us, and God wants his love to flow through us to be a love to one another. Amen? Because we can't say we love God and hate one another. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Love, true love, not phony baloney love, but real love. Let us love one another, meaning let us care about the well-being of each other. That's the love that God is talking about God, you know, this world is full of I love this and I love that and, and I love you and I love this. And it's a love to see what you can get. If someone can give you something, oh, I love it because they're giving me this. I love you because you're Santa Claus. I love you because you're, you're giving me stuff. But true love is not what you can get out of someone or something, but true love is what you can give to someone or something. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive, isn't it? Now, it's good to receive, and we will receive, and we need to receive things, but better than receiving is giving, and giving love, love that cares about someone really. Too many times people say, oh, yeah, I love you, I care about you, and they could care less what happens is going on in your life. But true love, that's why God's true love, the true love of God, God cares for you. Why does the Bible say, cast all your care upon him? Because he cares for you. Those aren't just words. That's a, those are facts that God really does care about you and everything that is going on in your life. God wants to be there in the situations, in the circumstances, to work with you because he loves you. And his love says, I care about your well-being in spirit, soul, and body. And so God says that He, his love, that once we understand that God loves me and his love comes into us, God has his love to flow out of us because it says, let us love one another. Verse 8, 8. He that, he that loveth not knoweth not God, because God is love. We can't say that we love God and go around life hurting people. What took place in Newtown? That, that man, he did not love God, because look at what he did to those people. He, he, look, when we know God, we love God, and we love one another. This is how you can tell someone who is really in a relationship with the Lord, whose heart is really there. They're not out to hurt other people. They're out to love on people and to help people be the best they can be and to help people in times of need when we can help. There's times we can't be of help because we just don't have what it takes, but we can be of help by praying and being there. 
And so God, the Bible says that he that does not love does not know God. You can say to me, praise Jesus and bless God all you want. And if you're not living a life of love, I wonder, what's really going on? Because Jesus said a lot of people give him lip service, but their heart is far from him. A heart that loves God is a heart that loves people. A heart that cares truly about individuals. Verse 9 says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only Son. God cannot give us, show us any more greater love than giving us Jesus Christ, His only Son, to come and to, to be manifest the love of God in touching lives. When Jesus came, He came to touch lives for the good, didn't He? He came to lift up. He came to deliver. He came to heal. He came to redeem above all things to save us from our sins so that we can come into a place where we can know the wondrous love of God and all that that implies, all that that encompasses. And it says, in this was manifested in verse 9, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Through Christ, in Christ, and through Christ can the love of God be manifest. It says in verse 11, he keeps repeating this over and over. Look at what he says in 11. Beloved, if, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. This is what we need. Love. God's love. And understanding that God loves me, and because he loves me, his love is in me, and and that love can flow out of me to my brethren, my sister, my husband, my wife, my children, my people around my life. Verse 12, no man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected at work maturing in us. God is love. It's very clear that God loves us. He cares about your well-being. God's at work in you for the good. God works all things together for the good of those who love Him. Right? Praise the Lord. Jesus is love. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. We all know these verses. Jesus came and He says a new commandment. John 13, verses 34 and 35. John 13. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I has loved you, that ye also love one another. This is not an option of Jesus. It's a, what's it say? It is a commandment of Jesus. Jesus came into the world to redeem us and save us that we might know Him and be in Him and with Him. But then Jesus calls us to respond to the love that God has manifested in us, to respond by loving one another. And it's a command. When you love one another, again, you're out for their good, for the well-being. You're going to bless them with your mouth, with your prayers, with everything else. Amen? And so this is the God says, I, if you're my disciples, I command you to love one another. If people loved one another, many of the problems of the world would dissipate, would be gone. Crime would be diminished. 
alcoholism, all these things would diminish if people got hold of the love of God and people really manifested the love of God on others. Love is powerful. Love can change your life and is changing your life and will continue to change our lives. It's why he says, Jesus said in verse 35 of John 13, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. This is how men are going to know that you're my disciples, Jesus said, that you love one another. The world isn't going to know you're a disciple of Jesus by what you spout off with your mouth, the great intellectual speeches that you give, the, the theological uh, uh, dissert, dissertations that you can give. That's how not people are not going to know you love Jesus. Anyone can be a, a disserter, a, a theological debater, a, a this and a that. Words are words, are words, are words. But Jesus says, the world is going to know you are my disciples by your love. You can't come to church on a Sunday and then go out in a parking lot and cut your cut the person you were just in church off with and then and then say things about them as you're leaving. Nobody here does that. I know you don't do that. Nobody in this church does that. But Jesus says, this is how they're going to know you are my disciples, that you love one another. This is why questions arise. Where's God is a God of love that wants to manifest his love through you and I in this world. We're called to love. We're called to love with the love that God has. And love implies fellowship, looking to God, fellowshipping with God. When we know that God loves us and we want to be with God, that implies there's a love relationship going on. Are you in a love relationship with the Lord? God loving on you and you loving on God? And we're loving on God by loving one another. We love on God. We want to fellowship with God. We don't just want to hang out with God. You know, sometimes you hear the youth and they, they try to think it's cool by saying, I'm hanging out with God. God doesn't want us to hang out with him. God wants something more than just hanging out with him. You hang out with friends and then you go home. You hang out with, with your buddies and then you go home. But, you know, they mean well. I'm not saying it be, but we don't hang out with God on a Sunday morning and then go home. We don't hang out with God on a Wednesday evening and then go home. We don't hang out with God in Sunday school and then go home. We have to live with God, abide in God, fellowship with God constantly and have his love transform our lives so that our lives can transform the world around us by manifesting his wonderful love in our lives. Hallelujah. And when we manifest that, when we fellowship with God, what are we really doing? The more time we want to fellowship with God, that means, God, I want to know you. I want to know you more. I want to know more about you. You can never learn enough about God. Mom's been serving God for how, how many years beyond me? But she still doesn't know all there is to know about God. I don't know all there is to know about God. The theologians don't know all that there is to know about God. You know, you can go on a beach. How many of you have ever been on a beach where there's sand? You've been on a beach where there's sand? You go onto a beach and you dig a little hole and then you get a little bucket or a big bucket. I don't care, little or big. And you go into the ocean and you get water and you come back and you pour it into that little hole. You go get another bucket of water from the ocean and pour it into the little hole. 
And then, then you could try and, and somebody said, what are you doing? I'm trying to drain the ocean. I'm trying to get bucket by bucket, I'm going to make the ocean go away. How many of you know that's, it's not going to happen? It is, you can be there all day, I don't care. And you can get a bigger bucket and you're still not going to drain the ocean. And that's how it is with God. No matter how, how many times we read the Word of God, we cannot. God is so huge and immense that we cannot know all there is to know about God. That's why we need to continue to be in fellowship with God because God, he's, His wisdom, His knowledge is beyond us, but He keeps, He keeps pouring into our lives what we need when we need it. His wisdom is beyond us, but His wisdom is in us and for us. And so we can never understand all there is to know about, understand all there is to understand about God, but God has given us enough to know about Him that if we just apply what we, what God has given us in His Word to know, that'll keep us busy for the rest of our lives until we get into eternity. That's why they, they, they say we can only use, we don't even use 10% of our brain. And imagine if all or 90 other percent kicked in. When we get to heaven, I think God is going to be able to then give us more of a picture of who He is and understanding of who He is. When we fellowship with God, when we love God and we fellowship with Him, we understand that life is a gift given us by God. Every breath that you breathe is a breath that is a gift from God. We have no guarantees of how long we're going to be on this earth, but we know when we do leave this earth, I believe God for long life, but we believe, we know when, when our breath stops in this body, we are going to be absent from this body, but present with the Lord. Amen? Every breath that we breathe is a gift from God. Father, I thank you for the breath of life this day. And may your love be manifest in my heart and mind, that I may know your love for me. And may the world around me know that I love you because I care about them. And I'll do what I can to be a blessing. Lord, I want my life to be remembered as a blessing to other people. Amen? Praise the Lord. Isn't that a good thing? That people will remember you for good, for a blessing. When they think of your name, they'll think of something good. Someone who blessed my life, who prayed for me, who cared about me. That is That will stay with someone for the, all of their lives. My wife, uh, someone she made one time, I think it was for the children or something, you made those little uh, Christmas bells or something, piece of cardboard with a, with a little bell and something about, I forgot what it was on there, but it was a gift that she gave to the children in a Christmas program and she gave it out to children. She took time to make these little things and some people said, well, what are you doing that for? It's a waste of time. She made these little things. 30 years later, someone tells her, 33 years later, someone tells her, I still have that thing, that little cardboard bell you gave me. It was mean so much to me. We never know what little things we do for someone, how much it means for them. You know what I'm trying to say? We do something for someone that others might think, what are you doing that for? Well, who cares? God cares. And you don't know 
how much a little thing means to someone. That what means what we think means little can mean huge to that individual. A smile to someone who is who, who cashing your uh, your your at the grocery store. A smile, a God bless you. Something can make a difference in someone's life to say that person cared enough about me to say thank you, God bless you, have a good day. You know, there's people living through life that never hear anyone say to them, have a good day, God bless you. And they'll go through life suffering and hurting and and the end of their day, no one even said anything to me. They don't care. They don't even know that I'm alive. But when you say to someone, thank you, God bless you, have a great, good day, whatever. And so we understand that life is a gift of God and no one has a right to take that gift away. That's why God says, thou shalt not kill, because killing takes away, uh, and God gives us free will. We have choices to, to receive. God chooses for us to have life and have it more abundantly, have a life that is filled with knowledge of God. And if you have knowledge of God, you have a love for your neighbor, for your brother, for your sister, for your husband, for your wife. And it's a life that is precious. The Bible says your life is precious. It matters. And your life has a future and a hope that God gives to you, gives to us. So the life that God gives us is a gift, but it's a life that has a future, a life that has a hope, a life that is precious to God and precious to the world around us. And fellowship with God also causes us, again, to love our family and to love our neighbors, to love God by serving Him and worshiping. God's love is a, a love that redeems us no matter what. You can mess up in life and God will still love you. How many of you know that? I, how, don't raise your hand. How many of you messed up in life? Don't raise your hand. All our hands will go up. We all messed up. But God didn't walk away from us when we messed up. When we might have fell in a hole and we couldn't find any way out. You know, there, there's, there's a story where a man fell in a deep, dark pit and he was in the bottom of this pit and he could not get himself out. And the, the, this Confucius walked by and he looked down into the pit and he said, poor man, poor fellow, I'm sorry for you. Why are you such a fool to have fallen in there? If you ever get out, don't do it again. And he walked away. That's the teaching of Confucius. You fool, you got yourself down there? Well, if you ever get out, don't do it again. Well, the poor fellow can't get out. And then Buddha walked by. And he looked down and he says, uh, the, the Buddhist priest walked by. And he looked down and he says, Ah, oh, poor fellow, it really hurts me to see you down there. Oh, it really hurts me to see you way down there. Listen, if you can come up halfway or maybe even three quarters, I can, I can get you and pull you out. And the fellow says, I can't. I, I, I can't. There's no way I can get up halfway. Oh, well, too bad. And he walks away. Hurts me to see you down there, but too bad. And he walks away. But Jesus walks by. And here's this man. He hears the man crying. And Jesus looks down, reaches down, pulls him out of the pit, cleans him up, and says, I love you. Go and sin no more. That's Jesus. 
That's the Lord of glory who, take, who took us out of the miry clay, out of the pit, and washed us clean and redeemed us and cleanses us and says that I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is Jesus. This is the Christ of glory. The God who loves us that even when we make a, a pit and fall into it and, and go in it, Jesus is there to take us out. He doesn't say, well, you come out and I'll forgive you. You come out and I'll cleanse you. Jesus says, let me pull you out. Let me forgive you. Let me cleanse you. Let me do something new in your life. Let me t put you on a new course. And let me help you avoid, listen, let me help you avoid the pitfalls of life. And if you should fall, I'll be there to pick you up. But walk with me. Fellowship with me. My love. That's why God gives us his word. He, his love does not want us to see a fall into places where we're helpless and can't get out, can't overcome. We don't know what to do. We don't know the next step to take. But Jesus is always there. His love is always there to show us and to guide us. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path because he loves us. He wants to shepherd us and lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. And when we know the love of God, that is always there with us and always there for us, then his love brings a peace that passeth all understanding into our hearts and minds. That I know that God is with me and he's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. You know, because Jesus says the peace, he said, let not your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid by the things that you see and hear in this world. Because that's what Jesus said. Let not your hearts be troubled. Because there's things in this world that trouble our hearts. Why do things happen like this? It troubles my heart. And it, 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 you know, but God says, don't let it be troubled. Understand that I'm at work in your life and I'm in work in the lives of everyone else in this world because I love them. Do you know God loves, loves everyone? And he's at work in their lives. That's why he says, John, Jesus says in John 16, he says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace. Peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. The word tribulation means anguish, suffering, pain. We've seen enough of that on the news. Anguish, suffering, and pain. And Jesus says, in the world you will have tribulations. In the world your heart will be troubled. In the world... Uh, what you see in here will try to rob your peace. But Jesus said, I've overcome the world. I've overcome these things. I can step into your life and bring a peace that passeth all understanding to guard your heart and mind in the midst of all this tribulation, in the midst of all this pain and suffering and anguish. I will guard your heart and your mind. Jesus says that he will not, he didn't come into our lives to, to make us uh, immune to the world, immune to pain or suffering, immune to anguish. Of, but Jesus said, in the midst of that, I've overcome the world. I can come into your life and guard your heart and mind with a peace that passeth all understanding. How can you give me peace in a situation like this, Lord? How can you give me peace when I'm hearing and seeing these things? Well, Jesus says there's a peace 
that passeth all understanding. Yet in the midst of it, Jesus will step in and bring a peace and a comfort that only he can bring in, in times and things like that. That's why the love of God is so wonderful. He cares about us. He steps into our lives with his love and his love brings a peace that guards us in the midst of all this because he cares about your well-being. He cares about everyone, but he knows that we're going to face things in life. But if we don't have the Prince of Peace in our lives, I don't know how people, I don't know how people can go on another day unless the Prince of Peace brings, guards our hearts and minds through things and through life. But God wants us to know that there's the joy of knowing Him. And our love has to be reaching out to others, comforting, strengthening, praying for, praying with, being there to gird up. And He brings us a hope. And I want to end with this. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. You know the thoughts. You know the thoughts that I think toward you. You know the thoughts I think toward you. Do you know the thoughts that God thinks towards you? Do you really know? Do you really know God loves you? Do you really know God's never going to leave you nor forsake you? Do you really know that God will give you the peace? He will guard your mind and your heart no matter what life brings, no matter what life displays, that God will step in with the peace that passeth all understanding? That's why he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. An expected end. We know where our time, when our time on this life is over, we know where we're going to end. In the kingdom of God. Amen? But while we live, we must draw on God's love and on God's peace. And then we must be vessels that display the love of God through caring, really caring, and praying for one another. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I love you. Hallelujah. And so I just want to end today's service with that.